Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I felt intimidated in the workplace. I wouldn't want to do that. Like, I'm not out there to upset anybody. We have a finite amount of time. We really are meant to make a difference to other humans' lives. As far as cancer concerns, when you want a property, so you can't get emergency accommodation, but I can't get into it. Join the conversation. Call 0818 yeah, there are some uh, delays, 20 minutes delays following a crash this morning on the N40 eastbound <clears throat> between the junction there for Mahan and the Dunkettle interchange. It's causing mayhem, uh, major holdups on the N40, but also the N28 for drivers running into queues when they go to merge. That's the Carrigaline, Carrig Down Road up there by Mount Oval. That that's mayhem all the way down to to Dunkettle. And you see, people are only getting used to Dunkettle. And I don't know if it's me or if everything seems to change in Dunkettle every few days. Every time I go through that junction, and look, it's going to be brilliant. It is going to be really good when it's all done. But at the moment, every time I go through Dunkettle, there seems to be something new that I missed the last time, or wasn't there the last time. How and ever. Uh, let's hope that uh, nobody was hurt in that this morning and that the traffic just passes as quickly as it possibly can. At least it's not a wet and dreary old morning out there. It's a lovely, lovely Thursday. Good morning to you. Uh, thank you to Gareth for yesterday. And thank you for to the lovely people who quietly contacted me on social media, direct messaging and stuff yesterday to ask me how I got on. I did fine. Thank you very much. And as usual, I was in the great care of the people at South Infirmary Victoria Hospital. What a wonderful place. What a fantastic place. Staffed by the most amazing people. And they just said, go on away about your business now, Mr. Coogan. You've made a full recovery. And thank you very much for that. 0818 96 96 96, the number. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. And your email is opinion at 96fm.ie lots to do so shut up talking now Coogan and get on with the business that's a disturbing story from December of 2021 Christmas day 2021 a man who threatened to kill his wife and his son and his son's partner on Christmas day there was a gather manhunt launched after the incident and he now has been jailed for uh, is it five years and then told that when you get out of jail you get out of this country 
within 72 hours of being released from prison, you've got to get out of Ireland and not come back. Ralph Regal, Southern correspondent of the Irish Independent, is covering the case of Laszlo Nemeth. Gara, or, or, or Ralph, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Tell us about this fella, what he did, and why the judge has said, when you're out of jail, get out of the country. Yeah, I think it all boils down to the fact that um, this man's wife, Eva, uh, his son, Eric, and his son's partner, Claudia, it was, I think, the victim impact statement evidence of just how much they still feared Laszlo Nemeth. Now, the background to the story is people might remember on Christmas Day of 2021, there was a major Garda operation in North Cork, uh, just outside Bantir, uh, that involved armed officers. And it was in response to an incident at a property uh, at Glen North where two individuals were injured, one of them quite seriously. And basically, the, the background to it is that Laszlo Nemeth was married to his wife, Eva, for a, a number of years. They had adult children. But the court was told yesterday, Cork Circuit Criminal Court before Judge uh, James McCourt, was that it was an unhappy marriage, that he was obsessively jealous of his wife. He was also quite controlling of her, that there had been multiple incidents of violence. Now, uh, Mr. Nemeth uh, had served in the Hungarian army. He was a qualified pilot. Um, he His family had moved to Ireland uh, for work and he worked as a long distance lorry driver. Uh, his wife worked in a restaurant. And I think things obviously reached such a pitch in 2021 that while he was on a long distance uh, trip uh, to Hungary and about to return to Ireland, she decided to leave the family home. She left the family home. He didn't know where she was. She wouldn't tell him. His son wouldn't tell him where his wife was. And the only communication they had was via social media messages. So it was eventually agreed that they would meet up at the son's property, Eric's property, on Christmas Day of 2021. And this was with a view to sorting out some kind of an amicable um, separation agreement. They arrived at the house. Things got heated. And there was a prior, a prearranged signal between um, Mrs. Nemeth, Eva Nemeth, her son Eric, and Eric's partner, Claudia, that if things got a little hot and heavy, that they would leave the property and say they were going to walk the dogs, which is precisely what happened. But as Eva Nemeth went in the yard outside, she was confronted by her husband, who stabbed her four times in the back with a fishing knife. She turned round, attempting to defend herself, and she was stabbed again in the chest. Now, at this point, Claudia, um, Eric's girlfriend, stepped forward, and very bravely, she swung a dog lead to try and protect uh, Eva Nemeth. Eric Nemeth, who had heard the, 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 the scuffle outside, ran outside the house and desperately tried to protect his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Laszlo Nemeth swung the knife at him, cutting the young man's finger. And at that point, Laszlo Nemeth picked up a long-handled axe, raised it over his head, and threatened his son with it. Now, at one point, he was chasing his son around the garden with the axe, and a significant element of that confrontation was caught on CCTV footage from the property. Eventually, Laszlo Nemeth left the scene, not before threatening to kill not only Eva Nemeth, but Eric Nemeth and his girlfriend, Claudia. So he had threatened to kill all three, uh, but once he realised that the emergency services had been notified, he left the scene. Now, there was a major guard of manhunt launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eva Nemeth was rushed to hospital. It was found that she had five uh, stab injuries, 
one of which resulted in the collapse of one of her lungs. Now, she did make a recovery as she was discharged from hospital, but the court was told that she still suffers ongoing physical problems, particularly with her back and her neck because of the assault. Uh, now, Lazo Nemeth, as I said, left the scene. A major guard search operation was underway and he was eventually found about two hours later in Woodland, not that very far from the property with a number of self-inflicted injuries. Mm -hmm. He was also taken to hospital and as it transpired, he was in hospital for much longer than his actual wife was. So he arrived before Judge McCourt yesterday, having pleaded guilty to assault causing harm to his wife, assault causing harm to his son, contrary to Section 3 of the Non-Fatal Offences Against the Persons Act, threatening to kill the three individuals in the property mm -hmm. and also producing a knife and a long-handled axe as part of that confrontation. Now, the judge imposed five years. He's been in custody, Ralph, since January of 2022. That's right, PJ. He was released from hospital on January the 5th and he was arrested the following day and he has been in custody since. So that will certainly count to his benefit in terms of of the current sentence. But I think what was very striking yesterday was, was the nature of the victim impact statements. Now, this matter was investigated by Detective Garda Padraig Reddington of Kenturk Garda Station. And Judge McCourt was told that while Eva Nemeth, Eric Nemeth and Eric's partner, Claudia, were in court in the morning for the confirmation of Laszlo Nemeth's plea, they did not want to be present for the sentencing hearing. So on that basis, mm. uh, Detective Garda Reddington delivered victim impact statements on their behalf. And it was quite striking that all three spoke of their, th that they're still in fear of Laszlo Nemeth. And even Nemeth at one point said that she lives in constant fear and that she believes her husband, when he's released from custody, he will attempt to finish what he started mm -hmm. on Christmas Day of 2021. And another um, segment of the impact statement was said that, you know, th this is not the kind of man that a court restraining order is going to deter. And uh, Claudia, in her victim impact statement, said that, you know, she saw the true character of Laszlo Nemeth emerge that day. And she said she will be haunted for the rest of her life by the image of lying of of trying to comfort Eva Nemeth lying on the ground with blood pouring from her her stab injuries using a coat to try and staunch the flow of blood from her back as Eva Nemeth says to her I, I think I'm afraid I'm going to die I think I'm going to bleed out okay. so when he's released which could be could be two and a half years because he's been in prison so long now when he's released he's got 72 hours to leave the country yeah, that's what Judge McCourt said. Judge McCourt said that this was a terrifying incident for the three individuals involved. He said it was a very serious matter and he imposed a five-year prison sentence. But in light of Laszlo Nemeth's apology and in light of his plea, he agreed to suspend the final six months of the sentence. So what you're really talking about is a four-year and six-month sentence. You have to deduct from that the time that Laszlo Nemeth has already spent in custody. And Judge McCourt said, look, uh, I understand you're in, in defence submissions by Ray Boland, it was said that Laszlo Nemeth intends to leave Ireland, that he ha intends to allow the, the three individuals to continue their lives here and that he will rebuild his life back in his home country. And the judge said, fine, on the basis of what I've been told, the, the, he must, within 72 hours of, of being released from prison, 
he must produce a document that he is flying back to Hungary. So he's, he's three days, basically, right. um, to get out of Ireland so that the suspended portion of that sentence remains intact. And the judge went further to say that he has is to have absolutely no contact, direct or indirect, with these three individuals again. So the suspension, the six-month suspension, would be immediately repealed if he didn't leave or indeed if he even attempted to contact them from prison. Yes, and also what, what was the, the court was told, PJ, was that he is not to come back to Ireland under any circumstances. So basically, that portion of the sentence, again, if he attempts to make contact with them, if he returns to Ireland on for some unexplained reason, again, he runs the risk of that suspended portion of the sentence suddenly being reactivated. That's an interesting one, isn't it, Ralph, that he's not allowed back in again? I mean, is that enforced? And I'm just asking for an opinion here. Is that enforceable? Um, in certain circumstances, it is, PJ. It's a very, very complicated area because, of course, we do have free movement in Europe. So Hungary is a member of the European Union like Ireland. That's so right. there is free yeah. movement of individuals. But in certain circumstances where there are criminal convictions involved, it, it can be enforced. Uh, again, the major question arises from this um, for a more qualified mind than mine yeah. is how long that can remain in place. Kate is asking here, and it's it's a question I think many people would ask, Ralph, would he be driven from prison to the airport or will he have to self-deport? What arrangements are made to make sure he actually does leave? Again, that's not 100% clear, PJ, but I mean, certainly the indications are that he will be released from prison and then he then has three days to make arrangements to leave Ireland and that he must show that to the Gardaí so that the Gardaí have to be satisfied that he has booked a ticket and that he is leaving. So if, if he doesn't have an airline ticket within 72 hours of leaving, he's, he's back in back in as, as a guest of the state for another six months. Ralph, thank you for that. It's, it's something to, to watch. It's, it's an interesting um, imposition uh, by the court. Thank you, Ralph Regal, Southern Correspondent of the Irish Independent. This... This fellow, Laszlo Nemeth. Now, I'm just doing my calculations here on a piece of paper. He's been in prison since the 6th of January 2022. That's a year and nearly, nearly two years ago now. He got five years. You automatically get one off. That's four. He could be out in a year and a half. He could be out of prison in a year and a half. So you're looking at sometime early 2025. He could be out or summer of 2025. According to what Ralph has just told us there... The judge says he's got to produce evidence of buying a ticket for a plane, buying a ticket for a flight. He's got to show that to the guards within 72 hours of being released. If he doesn't, then he has to go back into jail for another six months. If he even so much as attempts to send a letter or a note or contact remotely any member of his family, he'll do his additional six months. And then he's been told he must never come in again. Now, as Ralph said, it probably takes greater minds than his and mine combined to know whether you can actually enforce that. But that's an interesting sentence. Do your time and get out. For what you did on December 25th, 2021, to your wife, your son and your son's partner, do your time, get the hell out of here, and don't come back. 0818 96 96 96. Some people would say we need more sentencing like that. And it was a good day's work.
by Judge James McCourt at the Cork Circuit Criminal Court. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Check this out. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM. Let's have some fun. Every day, your afternoon soundtrack, I've got it covered, although it's still a bit early for the Christmas tunes. It's cute. Scream it again. It's too early. One more time, Alison. It's too early. You don't want to hear a fairy tale of New York then, no? It's a bit early for a time. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I've always got stuff for you to win. That's up to making my day, like. Be with me weekdays, 12 to 4. Simon Murdoch. Midday to 4 p.m. With First South Credit Union. For your needs are put before profits. First South Credit Union. Members come first. Is this, is this how we do it? Corks 96 FM. On Tuesday, we were talking about, when I was here last week, we were talking about women and the fear they experience out walking and how the Joseph Pushka murder, brutal murder of Ashling Murphy has made women even more afraid than they previously were. It happened in the middle of the day. She's out for a run on a bright, crisp January day and she meets that awful end. It wasn't like a dark night in the middle of nowhere, down in anywhere. It was out in a public run on a bright day and how it has filled women with fear. We've also been talking about crime against vulnerable people downtown. Two people robbed a young Lee robbed of a substantial amount of money and then Sarah rang to tell us about her son a lad with special needs robbed of his money and just how dangerous our streets are and in particularly in Sarah's case she couldn't find a guard her or her, her, her husband and son couldn't find a guard uh, when her son was robbed this was around Christmas of last year and it just opens up again the conversation about fear on our streets and particularly fear among women and while I was Going through that that stuff on Tuesday, I recalled a conversation that I had in the summer of 2021 with a lady who at the time I said, I think her name was Holly. It was Holly. Holly Keating. And we were talking back in 2021 about that fear that women experience while they're out walking. And while we were chatting, I went back and listened to it yesterday. I recalled that time that I was out for a walk myself on Maryborough Hill and had spotted a young woman walking in the distance. There was one young woman in particular was on the path at the same time as me. I was thinking to myself, is she nervous just at the sound of my footstep? <laughs> Probably, to be wow. honest, yeah. Wow. I know, I know. It's, it is, it's not something that I think women ever really come out and talk about a lot because it's kind of just so everyday. But yeah, especially if it's kind of, in the, in the dark, def, definitely. If it's a, it's a quiet road, there, there's not many other people on it. You're by yourself. You know, it's just her and a man. Yeah, for, almost definitely she would feel nervous. It's like a, a kind of fist of, of anxiety that is just constant within you. Well, Holly is now living in Berlin. And after I recalled that conversation, Led's place to call to her to see would she chat with us again. Uh, good to talk to you once more. Holly, um, it really struck a chord with our audience the last time we spoke. Uh, good morning to you. Hi, PJ. So 
why I spoke to you in the first place was recounting just like a really aggressive and violent like attack that I experienced. And it was, I mean, this kind of stuff happens all the time if you're a woman, unfortunately. But the fact that this happened at like 10 p.m. on a July evening when it was fully bright and there was people around was like, I think that's what shocked me so much. And I think that that's why so many people are so upset and outraged about like the Ashley Murphy case as well. Like, cause it was 4 PM and, you know, she was just going for a run and it, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's like the dark hours of the night where anything is possible. Like it was, it was bright and there was, it was social and there was people around, I think. And the lasting effect, like that's something like that had on me was quite extraordinary where, I mean, it went on like, kind of unnoticed in my own subconscious for like months that I would hear footsteps behind me and like a trauma response would happen where I would feel dizzy or faint or like honestly sometimes nearly vomit. For the benefit of people who didn't hear you describe it the first time, do you want to tell us briefly again what it was? Yeah, sure. Um, It was just a man um, approached myself and my friend and he was initially like in very sexually forward with myself and like I kind of brushed off it like awkwardly and you know was trying to just get him to go away but then he started like a really vicious homophobic like attack and slur on my friend he threw him to the floor and started to beat him up and then he grabbed me by the neck and like pushed me against um a shop wall, like a, a outside, it was just up across from UCC. And uh, he pushed me against the wall and just like hands around my neck and said, if you don't have sex with me, I'm going to murder your friend, uh, which was awful. I, I had I had like 50 euro in my pocket and I gave it to him and he, he walked away. Yeah, yeah. And that was the summer of 2021. It was around the time of the Sarah Everard case and it, it, it brought all that trauma back to you yes forgive me i don't remember it what was it ever pursued by the guards yes it was um so we did we put in a report we gave like a physical description and somebody in the area had reported like suspicious activity turns out it was the same guy he was you know i think intoxicated inebriated he was not really very mentally well for sure mm-hmm. and uh yeah he actually so the guards went up to him and he punched one of them so he was charged with with that, that anyway for sure he marked his own card right there and there yeah. since we talked you've moved to berlin was it yes. work work brought you there um, not really. I think um, I just wanted a change of scene after the pandemic. Like a lot of people my age, you know, I'm in my mid-twenties. Um, I just uh, wanted to experience, you know, a different life outside of Ireland and also a more affordable life, if I'm honest with you. But yeah. um, I also have a lot of friends here. Um, cool. I have a big, there's an amazing Irish community here. Yeah, we might talk about the affordability thing in a minute because it's a whole interesting area. But yeah, <laughs> talk to me about comparing, at the time that I spoke to you, to be fair, you were only a short time after this trauma. You were still in fear. You described to me how, you know, hearing a footstep behind you brought on that trauma response. How are you now and what's Berlin like compared to Cork? Berlin is a lot safer, actually. Um, 
I mean, it has a kind of reputation for being quite like seedy because of all the clubs and it's quite sexually open, etc. But it's a really, really safe place. Like uh, sometimes I'm coming home from work or a restaurant or a bar or something at two or three in the morning and I'm on the public transport and I'm walking from there to my apartment and I feel completely safe. I have my earphones in. I don't really, I don't think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also live in a pretty safe area, but like I, I wouldn't dream of doing that in either Dublin or Cork. Like ne- like I would used to run home if it was past 11 p.m., like if I was getting off of the train and going to my apartment in Dublin, I used to run to my from my stop to the apartment. You know, it was like quite a terrifying experience. Whereas here, even though it's much bigger and there's like, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are still strange people around that you clock, but generally people do leave you alone. And what's the police attitude to to troublemakers like that? I know, look, the guards are run off their feet. There's not enough of them and their rosters are up the swanny at the moment. And if you like, the guards are overnumbered and overpowered. And then they wouldn't mind me saying it. But but what's 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 the police situation like in Berlin? Um, They are pretty ruthless with antisocial behaviour. Plus, they carry uh, firearms, which is not the case at home. Yeah. They would be pretty, pretty aggressive um, in terms of like they don't take any any crap. Like they're they're very straightforward. Uh, in that also in that same vein, they don't have a lot of empathy. I have had a friend that was um, attacked, I guess, and they weren't so empathetic towards that. Yeah. Um, I mean they they you know, followed the pr- protocol and procedure, but they weren't, they weren't holding anybody's hand, put it that way. Yeah. Um, but they are, they're, they're pretty good at their job. Yeah. yeah. Which is what you want them to be. Come back to what yeah. you said a bit or two, but, but go about Berlin being more affordable. Like you lived in yes. Dublin, compare the two. Yeah. Um, and I, I lived in Dublin, I think 2015 to 2021. Mm. Um, and I was in college there and worked there. And like, even back then, it was paycheck to paycheck. Like, my rent was at Dublin Standards now, dirt cheap. It was like 600 euro for an apartment, um, for a room in an apartment, which is now unheard of. And that here in Berlin is expensive. What do you have now, for example, in a major city in Germany? What, what do you now have? I have like um, a pretty large apartment shared with my friend with like an ensuite and a balcony for 600 euro and it's like in a really central area with like full of restaurants and cafes and mm-hmm. bars and everything like at my doorstep and the thing is with Berlin it's like it's not even that less expensive it's just that the bang for your buck is so much better yeah you know there's uh, such a huge, diverse uh, collection of communities and scenes, and like, there's just always something that, like, if you're interested, like, there's a whole trad Irish music scene here that my friend uh, plays in every Sunday. But there's also like an art scene which I'm on, and illustration, and um, like, there's just such a mega huge, diverse. And compare it, compare it to Cork, Holly. I mean, you are from Cork. Compare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love Quark so much, but again, 
I mean, if you want to, you can't, there's nowhere to go club. There's nowhere that can facilitate like really big music artists that aren't, you know, Taylor Swift, like in Parky Cueve, like obviously that's amazing. But I mean, even there's a whole community in Cork that I know that love uh, techno music and they we just don't have the facilities for people to like enjoy that in mm-hmm. you know like they don't tour in Cork because there's nowhere for them to go and there's not a lot of non-alcohol based like activities to do because believe me I've tried it I love a sober I love a sober activity and sometimes it's hard to find something that's that 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 it's like that for, you know, young people. Let alone the cost of rent and the cost of living and all of that. Holly, it's great to catch up again. I wish you well, and, and thanks for talking to me today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, PJ. And, and best of luck with everything in Berlin. That's uh, Holly Keating, who we first spoke to on this show in 2021 about the fear that women experience just out for a walk and the comparison between here in Berlin and how safer, how much safer she feels in a much bigger, more diverse city. It says a lot, you know. It does indeed. Uh, There's no shortage of cops to protect corrupt politicians, says this message. I don't know who you are, but your number ends in 196. There's no shortage of cops to protect corrupt politicians and their cronies, but nothing for the ordinary taxpayer. Just goes to show where the priorities lie. John was on from Cove about the Christmas lights and that Christmas tree that they have. John says, come here, they're due to be switched on in Cove this weekend. Well, at least, John, you're getting a switch on. At least you're getting a switch on. We didn't get a switch on event. And yes, I am still sore about it. Once again, we have a steel pole, says John, instead of a Christmas tree. I've never liked this. Most people in Cove don't like it. It was a bit avant-garde for a while, but it's just terrible. Most places are giving up the proper tree anyway. The people in charge should change to a more traditional tree. Like Cove Harbour Masters, the Cove Chamber of Commerce and the Council all need to look at this. Because I'm sure anyone from a cruise ship wouldn't like it either. And there's a picture attached to this. It's just a, really just a, a steel frame with strings that really don't show up until, until night time. I see it. I wouldn't like to see that as the main Christmas tree in my town either, John. Thank you. I see there where tickets go on sale on Monday, is it Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, for the Eurovision Song Contest in Malmo in May. And believe it or not, the cheapest ticket for the actual Grand Prix night of the Eurovision Song Contest is a very affordable Christmas present. I thought they'd be much dearer for the actual basic Arena ticket. I'll tell you more in a bit. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with Hidden Hearing. Focus solely on your hearing health for over thirty five years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's ninety six FM. The Cork Diary on Cork's ninety six FM. Ballygarvan Community Association's outdoor Christmas market takes place at Ballygarvan Community Centre on Sunday, the twenty sixth of November from 11am to 2pm. There'll be a huge selection of crafts, jewellery, decorations and more and all are welcome. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie The Cork Diary on Cork's 96fm John was listening to 
me talking to Ralph Regal about the case against Laszlo Nemeth yesterday where he was jailed for five years and when he gets out of jail he must leave the country within 72 hours and Judge James McCourt at Cork Circuit Criminal Court has told him go out, leave this country and do not come back and myself and Ralph were just wondering is there a way to enforce that and with free movement in the EU Ralph saying it it could be kind of difficult couldn't it John good morning Good morning. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, what you just said um, there is that, um, Peter, you know, if there is, um, if you can't enforce that, then Joseph Pushkas can just uh, go home and come straight back in without any, you know, without any problem. Well, he's serving life, that... so he won't be getting out for quite some time. Well, he's got 25 years. He'll probably be out in 14 years. Mm. Uh, when he's uh, 47, I mean, I'm sure he's still capable of sure. um, um, killing people at 47. But, but, I mean, but keep, keep, the, stick with Laszlo Nemeth and the fact that the judge has told him to get out and don't come back. Can we enforce that is the question we were asking ourselves. There's, there's nobody enforcing. I mean, everybody's just getting in. They're just waltzing in and going down to the, uh, the migrant office. There's no vetting or anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, every dog and devil is coming into this country, you know? Yeah. But it's going to stop me, uh, PJ, because uh, the Freedom Party in the Netherlands have just won a huge victory. I see that. I see that. And uh, the number one issue was migration. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, the sooner we wake up here in this country, the better, you know? What, you mean believe uh, the EU? Well, I don't know. Like I mean, we have free movement in the EU. You and I or anyone belong to us can go to and from the EU as much as we like. Is that yeah, a problem, yeah. do you think? Of course it is, yeah. Of course it is. Okay. They should, they're all in the up here. Sure. I believe the best welfare um, benefits in the whole of the well, EU. Well, well, I think even, even the Taoiseach is admitting now, to be fair, even the Taoiseach is admitting that there's a, a certain amount of generosity going on here that isn't reflected elsewhere and there may be some people, not a lot, but some are coming for that. John, thank you. Good point. I would like to... To know, though, whether you can actually ban someone permanently from this country. Because Judge McCourt in the Circuit Criminal Court said, get out and don't come back. Do not come back. Is that enforceable is a good question. And if anybody works in that sector or knows anything about that and could help us to get around that question, 0818969696. Kieran, drugs in town. Well, you were in there with your children, were you? Good morning. Good morning, how are Good. What yeah, did you see? Uh, she's nine. And your daughter, right? Yeah. And what did you see? Um, well, we were in the car park in, um, in the city centre there, and um, we were in there a couple of, couple of occasions, now, to be honest, and um, it's a lot of uh, drug users being up there now, and uh, they're up in the corners, now, and they're, they're, doing, they're doing what they do. But like they're leaving their, their stuff behind them then. Yeah. Like all their all their needles and all that stuff like that. Like and like there's a lot of there's a lot of people in in and out using the car parks lately. And like uh it's it's a bit frightening like, to see all that gonna kind of carry on, like and just not imagine imagine a kid there and all that that breaks away from their mother or father there and just walks over to the corner and sees sees an object like that in the corner and picks it up or something like Yeah. The objects in the corner are one thing. Have you actually seen witnessed someone? Yeah, Jesus, I've seen it, child. I've seen I've seen a lot of it. Yeah, it's been around there. I, I use the car park regularly. This is the car park now, right there in the city centre. You get in off, yeah. off Camp Parade, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I assume it's in the other ones too. If it's in that one, like yeah, oh Jesus, I'd say it's probably everywhere. You know, um, it's just uh, it's a bit frightening. Like um, we've called the cops a couple of times there. It's, like it, it took them nearly two and a half hours, I think, to come the last time. Um, there was a guy after overdosing inside there yeah. behind the car. Um, passed out, like uh, yeah, passed out. Just unresponsive. Um, Kind of frightening to be honest. Yeah, did you but, call? Um, an did you call? Did someone call an ambulance? Yeah, I called an ambulance myself. They they came within about fifteen minutes. I'd say. Yeah. But, um, they asked to wait, wait on for the guards, and the guards took nearly two and a half hours um, after taking five five calls to them. Mm-hmm. Um, when they arrived in, they said that they're not a private security company for the car parks and stuff like that, um, and that they had more they had more other uh, priorities to be done. Yeah, I thought it was a bit strange. Yeah, yeah. The the, the 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 paramedics have to call them. I think when there is a situation like that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, do, does your daughter ask you questions, Kiran, when when you see these things? Oh yeah, she does. Yeah. What does she say? She should be asking like, who, what, what are they doing over there? That why they all falling around the place? Why is one on the ground? I should have there. She was present when when the guy was after all with us. It was a bit scary for her as well. Yeah. What did you What did you say to her about him? Um, I just told her that the guy wasn't well and he must he must have to fall asleep there. Good, good thinking. So um, we after we rang the paramedics, we kind of I kind of brought her down down onto the next level, and I was after spotting um, another customer walking past. Mm. So I was, I was chatting to them, just letting them know that there's a guy up there and he's unresponsive and stuff. So they yeah. kind of went up next to the area where he was. Yeah. So I wouldn't have to bring my daughter up around us. Yeah. And the paraphernalia left around the needles and, and the, the tin file and the spoons and whatever else they're using. The explanation yeah, think, you get for that when you ask an expert, and look, it makes sense. If you're going to hit your fix in the corner of a car park, that fix, in in the moments after you take that fix, you don't care where the syringe is. You don't give a hoot where the spoon is. You don't know who you are or where you are for that couple of minutes. So that's why the stuff gets thrown around. They're not inclined yeah. to tidy up after themselves. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of frightening to be honest. This is why people to be calling for injection centres, like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's chosen. But um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of frightening. Like it's like it's like a zombie town in around there, you know. Yeah, is it getting worse? Do you think? Oh, I, I think it's getting way worse. To be honest, I've been talking to a couple of people now, and they're on about it as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Like they're, they're just getting to the point where people are afraid to go into the shopping centres now and stuff like that in car parks, like, you know. Yeah. No, the one thing that again, experts, people who know far more about it than I would say to you is look those poor old devils in the state they're in they're harmless oh yeah I'd say 90% of them would be harmless uh, PJ you know yeah. like, uh, I know they're, they're stuck under addiction as well you know yeah. it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a sad thing to, no, no, nobody to got up in the morning like, and chose to be like that you know that's it uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a sickness you know yeah. um but your, but your, your, your key point is as valid as you made it. Like, there are children now, here we are, four weeks to Christmas, four and a half weeks to Christmas, children in around town, getting out of cars, in and out of car parks, and this is going on. Yeah, and, and the people that are taking it, you know, they, 
as you say, like as they take that, like where they are. So, like them seeing people coming in and out, they don't even realise. You know. Yeah, they don't know where they are. They just get, they just need their fix, and before they have their fix, they're strung out to hell. And they don't yeah. care, and they just get their gear, and they get their stuff out, and they do it, no matter where they are. And then they're out of it. Yeah. yeah no, no, it's just sad, it's sad to see you know, As desperate know, said, it's like, desperate said. I saw it myself, Kieran. so you're not, you're preaching to the choir here. I saw it myself, it was only, what time was it? It would have been very early in the morning, I was coming in, to the springtime about a year ago. I came in off a bus at only, only about 8 o'clock in the morning. And I was walking over to get a bus to Dublin. And at 8 o'clock in the morning there by the library, there's a fella. Do you know? Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's bad to see, you know, you know, you know, and stuff like that. You know, people... People are running out there and they're, they're getting off and help them. You know, what, what, what do you think should happen? Do you think the guards should be lifting them? But sure, what do you, what do, you do with them then, like? No, I don't even think they should be, they should be lifting them. But, you know, the guards should be patrolling the streets a bit, a bit more. You know. To move them on, maybe? Yeah, obviously if they see the guard yeah. presence, you know, they might they might feel a bit intimidated by by staying in them areas. And do, do you think? And let's broaden this one out a little bit. Do, do you think it's time to, to look again at the question of a a place, a safe place for them to go? Yeah, I, 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 it probably would be a good idea, you know, because then that way, you know, they're they're in a safe environment, you know, fancying everybody go around. So yeah. you're not having you're not having people people out in the public, you know, finding people. Overdosed on the streets right. and stuff. That's right. right. And innocent kids aren't seeing it as well. You're protecting the children. You're protecting them. Maybe it is an argument for for safe injection centres that it protects everybody, not just the addict, but it protects the public. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like okay. All right. I know some people. I know some people probably against this. Yeah, know, having centres and stuff like that. Like, unfortunately, these are the times we're living This is a reality. Now. This isn't going to go away. This isn't no, going to no. stop. You know, that, that's the thing. Kieran, good. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it. Bringing his little girl to town, into the car parks. Doesn't matter particularly which one. And there's a fella, and he uh, shooting up. Or one fella unresponsive and passed out. And it's all over the place. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We've all seen it, lads. We've all seen it. Is it time for... To again develop this discussion about a safe place to inject. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. They can call me. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. On Corks 96 FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors for the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Fully electric, fully connected, and full of new ideas. NewmarketVolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. The minds are Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM.
Yeah, there's a, a Christmas present idea that just came into my uh, emails this morning. The Eurovision Song Contest next year will be in Malmo in Sweden. And if there's a Eurovision fan in your life, you can buy them a ticket. Now, what I didn't even realize, and I be a fan, there are nine stadium shows next year at the Malmo Eurovision. Nine shows. There's the show itself, uh, the big show for the Saturday night. Then there's the two semi-finals that happen in the week before that. But also, each of the semi-finals has two full dress rehearsal shows. And the final has a full dress rehearsal show. I knew there was a full couple of dress rehearsals show for the final. So there's nine stadium shows over the course of the week. And the cheapest ticket, you can buy them on Ticketmaster, look it up. The cheapest ticket for a Eurovision show next year in Malmo, the cheapest is 13 euro. 13 euro is the cheapest ticket. And for the final itself, that's the one you want to be at, really. The final itself, the cheapest ticket for the final, and this is the good one, 65 quid is a standard entry to the final in Malmo. And Malmo will put on a hell of a show. It'll be a fantastic television show in a brilliant arena. Arena, 65 quid will be the cheapest ticket, the dearest ticket. And you'd wonder, like, with the price we paid to get into concerts and gigs here, and this is the biggest, love it or hate it, lads, the biggest television show on the planet is the Eurovision Song Contest. The cheapest ticket for the final next year is €65. The dearest is only around, I say only, if you really want to give someone the VIP experience, it's 350 for that. Or 400 if you really want to push the boat out. Just in case that anyone in your life would fancy going to the Eurovision. 0818-969696, the number, the text to WhatsApp, 0833-969696. Your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. There's the weird thing in the paper this morning. Just when you thought that you'd read it all and you'd seen it all. You heard the latest now. The latest thing now, my friends, is vegan honey. What? Vegan honey. Apparently, they can now, or they are now making honey in America. Only, where else only in America? They are making honey in America now that does not involve the employment of a bee. Now, how you make honey without a bee is beyond me. I mean, is there a more natural food in the universe, a more natural food than honey? It's the food that never goes off. Did you know that? Never goes off. But is there a more natural, you know, naturally made and created food than honey, right? But no, 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 no. Vegans now want to give the bees the day off. And and they not have to do anything. Um, because we can make it now out of other things. Two questions. One, what are the bees going to do with all the honey that they've made and have, I don't think, any great use for when they've made it? Um, and also remember, it's only a tiny proportion of bees anyway that are honeybees. <laughs> they say this is honey just like the bees make, but removes them from the supply chain so they can help wild bees to thrive. See, what else are you going to do with the honey when the bees have finished making it? Because they're not going to eat it all. Vegan honey. Uh, for the person who has everything. Oh, 
Oh, lads, there'll be more crazy ideas coming out between now and Christmas. If anyone wants to look, will I give you the name? Oh, they, they call it Oni. Oni. O H N E Y. Oni. Not honey. Oni. Honey. H. Oni. O H N E Y. And the company making it is called Melly Bio. If, if by any chance you want to look it up. Oh, oh, 0818 96 96 96 now to more serious things there must be nothing uh, more frightening than the prospect of being homeless for Christmas particularly if you are alone with a small child that's Lisa's situation Lisa your daughter is two now and I understand that you have been couch surfing for the past while. Good morning. Well, I was staying with a family member and, like, it's a small house. Nobody can keep me for as long as they, like, I need it to be. Like, I need a home for me and my daughter. I've tried, you know, same with family members. There's only a certain amount of time they can keep me. Friends are the same in between their houses. And, you know, there's a time that people are going to get sick of having me there, you know. Um, like, I... I've tried to go to the council. I presented myself as homeless and I was told no no emergency accommodation is all available for you. So as I put to them, like I have a two-year-old. I can't sleep on the street. You can't give me emergency accommodation. But if I go into, um, if I do go and sleep on the street with my daughter, my daughter will be taken off me by Tusla. Like, I just don't understand how they're not able to give me any help. But then if I don't get the help from them, I'll be labelled as the one in the wrong. You're entitled to half, are you? I am entitled to half. And like, I've applied for every single thing that comes up. I have the dash property alert, uh, a property alert on my phone. And as soon as an email comes in, I'm applying for that place straight away. I'm ringing around every single estate agent. And everyone has told me straight off that landlords don't want to accept half. Because they'd rather just get their money into their pocket and that be that. Mm-hmm. You know? Where did you stay last night? You and your little girl. Where did I, I stayed with a family member last night. Okay, where will you stay but, tonight, do you think? Me, I don't know. You know, I actually don't. I, like, I have my car. My daughter, some nights, can't stay with her dad. The council said they have no emergency accommodation. No you emergency say, accommodation, no. Some single parents have come to us before and said, Lisa, that the minute they see you're a single mother, that's the end of the conversation. Have you had that happen to you? I have, yeah. Yeah, I have the, had that. Like, And I understand there's, people there with children and children do destroy some houses I know that but like it just seems to be that as soon as one thing happens everyone's labelled the same you know like not every person is the same but people take, it seems to think that they are you know What's it like being, being homeless like this with a little a little child? Do you know what I am stressed out of my head I've had to get letters from my doctor I am full of anxiety I am depressed out of my head and all I've been told is you know, here's here's tablets. Like, I don't want to take medication. I don't feel like I need to. I need a home, and I feel like that's the only way that my situation is going to get any better. I can't keep sofa surfing. And, like, there's been nights there that I've had to sleep inside my car, but because I haven't had somewhere to go, and my daughter's had to go and stay with someone. Like, she shouldn't be separated from her mother. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't have to be. She should have a settled place. Like, I just, I don't really know how to feel about it all I'm you know my head is all over the place I am depressed out of my head and I'm crying most of the time and I my daughter like she's upset and I can she's only two years old 
and I can see by the way she is that she's not in great form. She's not herself because she's seeing the way that I'm feeling. It's only four you know? and a half weeks to Christmas. She should be looking at Christmas trees and reindeers and Santa. Yeah, and I don't even have a place to put a Christmas tree. You know, it's, it's sad. Like, it really is. You're angry, Lisa, when you listen to the politicians. I am angry because, you know what? I emailed the TDs and I understand. Look, they can only put in recommendations to the council for me. That's all that they can do. But I emailed the Minister for Housing and I told him that it's unfair that all these people are coming into the country and they're being given homes. And I told him, it's not, being me, it's not me being racist. I'm just explaining that I can't be given a home and these people are, you know. And, like, why are our elected representatives not able to give us a home at all? Why can they not help? Yeah. You know, like, they have all these empty promises. They're telling us they'll do all these things and as soon as they go into government, they do absolutely nothing for us. Like, one councillor, I'm not going to mention their name now, actually hung up the phone on me. No, nobody seems to want to help anymore. Like, I can't get a medical card. I'm working three days a week. So I can't afford to go to the doctors. I can't go. But people are coming in then and they're giving medical cards and everything else. Like, our mental health system, our, med- like our health system, everything is under pressure at the moment. We can't keep up with the amount of people that need help at the moment. So how are we going to afford to help all these extra people like yeah like there's something that needs to be done and it's crazy that nobody seems to want to help anyone you're very clear about this you don't begrudge help to someone coming in from ukraine but you're wondering where's the same help there for me and my two-year-old yeah i'm living here all my life like i'm i'm working and i'm paying my bills and paying my taxes and there's no help available for me and like i know these people need help i understand that they're fleeing a war. I know that there's these things going on, but I should be helped first. Or at least be helped at the same time. Yeah, exactly. If there's help for Irish people, then I'd have no problem with these people being housed, but there's no help available for us. Like The government can't take care of their own, so why are they taking care of people from other countries? With Christmas, as I said, just around the corner, you must be, you've no idea where you're going to end up, do you? No, I have no idea, and I don't even know if I'll have somewhere to go on Christmas Day for my daughter to be able to enjoy Christmas. And that's really sad. A two-year-old should be looking forward to getting her presents and everything for Christmas, and I can't even have that enjoyment with my child because I'm so stressed out about where I'm even going to sleep the next night, and there's no emergency accommodation available for me. Like, I'm afraid that I'm going to end up having to sleep on the streets, and if I do, they're going to take my child from me. But how is that fair? Because they're not the ones help. They're the ones not helping me. You know, like it's because of their fault that I'm left in that situation. And I'm the one that has to suffer because of it. Lisa, if anybody does want to help you, if anybody's in a position to help you, that's listening to us, can we put them in touch with you? Yeah, anyone at all. Like I would appreciate any bit of help, anything at all. I would sleep anywhere once I have somewhere warm for me and my daughter to go into. I'll sleep on a couch if she can sleep on her cot. No problem. Just once we have somewhere to go every night and not have to stress about going somewhere the next night. Lisa, let's see what happens. I think the point you make is very solid about you've no problem with people being helped that are coming in here from a war. But you're wondering, like, where's the same help for me and my little girl? Yeah, like, people just don't want to see the big picture. They're just seeing that people are having a problem with foreigners coming into the country and that's not the issue. 
people are just failing to realise the real problem. And it's really sad that the, the Irish people don't even want to help their own. Lisa, you have the best day you can. Thank you for your call. Thank you. What do you say to that? She makes her point very... Look, she needs a place for herself and her little girl. She sees no sign of any help coming from where you'd expect it to come. And then, in the other breath, she sees people being helped coming in from other parts of the world and she's asking the simple question, if we can help those people, I don't begrudge it to them, but where's my help? Now, I do see in the paper this morning that there's hundreds of people still in tents that have come in from the war. The tents that were left there after Electric Picnic, they're still in those tents, which isn't acceptable either. Far from it. Far from it. But loads of people have had modular homes found and they've been housed in hotels and they've been housed all over the country. And the blessings of God in them, as the man said. But there's Lisa. Can't find anything. And you would wonder, wouldn't you, why it is that we get division in society on major issues like immigration when those two things are balanced. You would, wouldn't you? I have no problem, neither has Lisa, no problem with helping anybody coming in here fleeing conflict. No problem. But where's Lisa's help? It's like the morning that I was coming up here in the summertime and I was listening to the morning news on my earbuds as I was coming through town, walking through town after getting off the bus and I heard a discussion about how there was a an emergency meeting or an emergency phone call between a number of cabinet ministers late at night over people who'd arrived into the airport and there was nowhere for them to go. And as I was listening to that report on the radio, I was walking past the door of Debenhams. There's a couple of lads sleeping in the doorway of Debenhams. Now, it was a nice morning. It was June or July or something. It was a very pleasant summer's morning. But I still thought, like, where's their meeting? Who's meeting on their behalf? You look at look at Holland, the Netherlands, to give it its proper name, and the election result they've just had in the last 24 hours, where there's a very strange character. It could be about to form the next government. A very radical individual could be about to form the next government. You'd wonder, like, why is... This movement across Europe now would cause you to worry, wouldn't it? And is it a movement that governments have brought upon themselves? And is it a movement that governments have themselves to blame for? There's a lot of thinking in that. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Now, Sean is from Tower. Sean, you went to visit your wife's grave a few days ago, I think, and... and we know that graveyards a special place, and many people spend a, a lot of time in in graveyards just reflecting and spending time with their loved ones, as it were. But Sean, you went to see to see Gertie's grave, but but something else happened. You saw something else. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. I tell you, I arrived at Morgan St. Sinan's Cemetery in the Kerry Road on Monday morning, quarter past ten, half past ten. Mm-hmm made my way down to my wife's grave and talked of the previous day's happenings and what have you. 
So I proceeded then to do my walk, which would normally take me about an hour to go around the, where I normally walk around the cemetery. So in I doing so anyway, I noticed at one stage, just to my left slightly, I saw this JCB digging. Mm -hmm. To my left, just off the tarmac and on the grass, I spotted what, I said, Sean, oh, you're hardly hallucinating here, are you? Where are the legs, the hoofs of a horse? Right. Sticking out under a little covering. So I said, my God almighty, is this for real? So I beckoned at your man anyway to halt. I said, stop for a second and made a gesture. And he gestured have I come around to the other side of the digger, which I did. Yeah. And uh, he opened the door and I said, do you mind me asking you? I said, what are you doing? Yeah. He said, I'm digging a hole here. I'm digging a hole here, he says. I said... Tell me I'm not, I'm not imagining this or anything. You're not going burying this animal that's lying over there, are you? I am, he says. I said, my God almighty. I suggest you stop your digging and your procedure here for now. So he was burying or intending to bury the horse in the, in the hole in the graveyard? Yeah, yeah. Right. I said, he said, listen here now, he said. We were contracted this morning to pick up a dead horse inside at Faggot Hill and bring it out to tower and bury it. I said, I don't believe what you're telling me. Well, if you don't, he said, take it up to Cop City Council, he said. I have my job to do. And he proceeded. I said, excuse me now, I said. Excuse me one second, I said, before you start again, I said. Do you realize, I said, you're on consecrated ground. This is owned by the people of the parish of Inascara. Bought, dearly paid for, blessed by old bishops, and run in conjunction with our parish priest. Do you realize that? Good luck, I said. Look, I did ask you to stop. So anyway, then, I said, Sean, off you go. No, still, still saying you, you did see the horse. <laughs> so I said, uh, in all fairness, I said, I was at boiling point now at this stage, in all fairness. Right? Yeah. So anyway, I hopped into my car, and I think I'd see somebody above at the office as you come in the gate of the cemetery. Nobody there. So my next stop was on head down to the council office in Tower, which there was nobody there. So normally if I have a problem like that or if I have anything that I want to inquire really to the parish, I would go over to Paddy Sullivan's office. The TD, yeah. In Auburn, Nashdale House in Blandy. Yeah. And I spoke to Ray there, his office clerk. And I said it to Ray, and Ray says, I don't believe this, I don't believe this. For the next hour, I'd say, Ray and myself, Ray and Mosley, went through all the phones, went through all the numbers of city council, went through everything that he knew from his years of experience. I could hear him on the phone. Mm. So I said eventually, and he said, right, Sean, he says, we'll go out to tower. So out we shot, and you're out to tower to find all was done and dusted. Horse buried, ground level off, digger gone. Had he found any evidence of an instruction given to anybody to bury a horse out there for the county council? Not a thing. Not a thing. So anyway, we were toing and throwing for the evening, I guarantee then because I was in such a I was in such a muddle like. And I felt I felt it my heart and soul to all the loved ones of everyone in the parish that had gone in up there to have this. So this morning, Lord and behold, this morning, PJ, I called to Ray after I was out from my bit of a canter and I said, Ray, any news? He said, No, nah, no one got back to me. He said, I made a few more calls. He said, nobody got back to me. And whilst we were talking, he says, one second, up comes something. 
up comes Hi Ray, in answer to your request or your email, giving the date and the time and all, sometime yesterday, I wish to inform you that the horse in question was involved in an accident outside the gates of the cemetery on Monday morning. No. And in our better judgment, we summoned the contractor to take the horse to the bottom of the... You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Symmetry and cover it temporarily out of the line of view of the public, with a view of removing the horse at a later stage. What I'm, what I'm not clear about, Sean, have you established that this was an instruction from the council or on behalf of council, city council or county council, to a contractor to actually bury the horse in the graveyard? That's what the, that's what the, that's what the contractor told me. And I believe that to be 100% true. That is what the contractor told me. And what you now understand is this was a dead horse taken from Faggot Hill. Absolutely. And you understand that the council told this contractor to bury right. the horse. And that's your objection. The, the toing and froing is uh, by the by. You believe Absolutely. council told Absolutely. someone bury it. Bury this horse Absolutely. in a graveyard, and that's the problem you have. And PJ, there is no way I would have known otherwise, only the contractor told me. He just cut his door closed and take it up to city council, he says. I have a job to do. That's what he told me. So at half past three, the horse, the truck arrived for the horse. They put it into the truck and head off. Right. And the only reason I'm so head up about the whole thing, I feel I'm the guardian of the place up there. We all bought our graves, paid dearly for them, bought the cemetery, paid dearly for it. And we're all abiding by the rules up there. So the horse has now been removed. The horse has now been removed. Don't know where to. But you're trying to now ensure that this does not happen again, no matter who tells whom or or what. Exactly, exactly, PJ. And what I want to know is, I suppose there's no point in wanting to know what's gone in there already. What I want to know is a guarantee that nothing like this will ever happen there again. 
I want a letter of apology from Cork City Council sent out to our parish priest here in Toro and guaranteeing that this will never or anything like it happen again. Sean, we'll take it from here. We'll obviously have to ask questions of council and we'll check everything that happened between Paddy O'Sullivan's office and council and we'll see where it goes. Happy with that? EJ, you're a gentleman. God bless. Bye-bye now. Hey, Sean. Have a, have a good day. Um, see, there's the thing. I think Sean doesn't really care where the horse came from. Doesn't really care what happened to the horse. He just took serious umbrage at the horse being buried in what is effectively consecrated ground. And it's hard to blame him, isn't it? If the horse fell from the sky and landed there, it still shouldn't have been buried. In Sean's view, it shouldn't have been buried in in the consecrated ground. It's something, if if we can get anything more on that, we'll certainly... um, Certainly come back to it. You know, some of your correspondence throughout the morning and on the Joseph Pushka and other such cases and my conversation with Holly uh, talking about the fear that women have when they walk around. And we went back to my conversation with her in 2021 and we talked about her new life now in Berlin. Um, PJ, what happened to Ashling is appalling. But a man with the mentality of Mr. Pushka does not represent men in general. I'm tired of the narrative that parents need to teach their boys that violence against women isn't acceptable. All over the radio, as an advert, and on TV at the time. What a horrible presumption. 99.9% of people bring up their children to not be violent in any way. If an ad came on the radio telling parents to teach their young girls to dress more modesty, another false presumption, there'd be an outcry. Stop stereotyping males. It would not be accepted for any other gender. I don't know who you are that wrote that, but I did put that question, you know, to somebody. A young woman, not my daughter, but somebody of a slightly older age group, say the early 30s. And I said, look, I said, most women or most men that you'll see when you're out for your run or your walk, most men are harmless, wouldn't hurt you. In a fit. And the simple response to that question is always the same. How do I know the one that will from the one that won't? You know? How do I know the one that will from the one that won't? I walked up behind that woman on Maryborough Hill in 2021. I'd rather cut off my own fingers with, with, with the pliers than, than lay a hand on, on a young woman like that. Well, how does she know? How does she know? She doesn't know that. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Just on the movement of people, and again, that court case uh, yesterday, which we talked about with Ralph Regal of the uh, Irish Independent, and indeed you can hear that back on podcast later. The case of Laszlo Nemeth jailed for a vicious attack on his wife and son on Christmas Day, twenty twenty one, and the judge told him, "As soon as you're out of jail, you get out of here, and you don't come back." We were questioning whether or not you can actually bar somebody from the country. Uh, Gordon was on to say, to answer your question, yes, you can. It is possible to exclude an EU citizen from the country. It's in a directive, uh, 2004-38. Thank you very much for the reference number and all that, Gordon. Uh, I'll send it on to you. But no, the assurance that you can do it. Thank you very much for that. And on um, Colin's call, or Kieran's call, 
about addicts in the city and he's seeing them strung out in the car parks and sees the paraphernalia uh, all over the place. And I was, you know, just talking back and forth with Kieran about, I would say most of these people in the state that they're in at the time that you see them are probably harmless. Listening to the show, again, not signed, but your last three digits of your phone number is 020. Listening to the show and saying that users are harmless is a misconception. I work in a prison. I can tell you now they're far from it. They'll do anything to get money off someone. It's like trying to take food from a dog if you interrupt them. I've been in Dublin and Cork City, and Cork is slowly becoming as bad as Dublin. I'm on the way in now to work, and I know I'll see someone strung out or an alcoholic walking around with a can as I walk through town. There are more stuff there on Laszlo Nemeth, and I will come back to them. On the Christmas lights, we had the complaint in from John and Cove about the usual Christmas tree and people sick and tired of just that awful, drab-looking Christmas tree. In Cove, Lid says the Christmas lights in Middleton are beautiful. They put in a great effort, especially after the flooding. Well done to Middleton for having a great switch-on event as well. <laughs> what? <laughs> the pole must be for all the swingers in Cove. Will you stop it? IPJ Watergrass Hill has a beautiful Christmas tree. It's on night and day. And Councillor Audrey Buckley from Carrigline. PJ, you might mention the Crosshaven Development Committee event lighting up Crosshaven Village. 24 trees to be lit this Sunday at 5.30pm. Also featuring a fire brigade display and market stall. That'll be a nice event on Sunday evening in Crosshaven with two dozen Christmas trees. More to do, more to come back to in the fullness of time. McCorton Street is two-way again. That happened while it was off yesterday. McCorton Street has gone two-way again. And on social media, it is not going down well at all. When you look down it, it's desperate narrow. How they're doing two-way on McCorton Street, I've no idea. We knew it was coming, but we still don't know how it's going to work. Try to figure it out next. 0818 Hello, would you mind playing Dermot Kennedy and kiss me the way? More chances for you to win amazing prizes. Correct! Congratulations! <laughs> I can't wait. I love Curtis House. I'm delighted. <laughs> I'm laughing here away. I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And all of the best music too. Join me weekdays from 4pm. The Big Drive Home with Clonakilty Food Company. Spikeball, tacos, pizza. Clonakilty Black Pudding is the making of any meal. So go on, be a rebel. Cork's 96 FM. 96 FM. We'll actually come back to uh, McCorton Street but throw it out there. If you've tried it, uh, it's officially launched in the next few days and we'll come back to it after 11, but McCourton Street back to being two-way now for the first time since 1968 and nobody can see or seem to see a benefit to it and and the prediction is that come the first tip or bad morning in December well, 
he doesn't even bear thinking about. That's the general view that's out there. Your view, welcome at 0818969696. Well, it's been a long time since you could get late night coffee in the city. Actually go to a coffee shop rather than get coffee out of a machine or a supermarket or whatever. Um, Luca, you want to open a late night coffee shop uh, at some stage soon, do you? Good morning. Yeah, I do. Um, to be honest, it's kind of, <laughs> there's not really anything much to do in the evenings after work apart from going for a drink. Or <laughs> if it's summertime, you can go for a walk, you know, all those kind of things. But once winter comes around and let's say you're finished work at like 6 p.m., what now? You know, <laughs> that's like kind of the question. If you're not a drinker or just, I don't know, if you don't want to be outside because it's cold or whatever, there's nowhere really for you to go for the evening, I suppose. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's kind of what I want to provide for Cork. That's like my main goal, I suppose, at the moment. You want to open a place? I do. I've always wanted to open a place. And ever since I made that Reddit post, it's kind of clarified in my brain what it is that I need to do because I was always looking for that niche you know what I mean like every other business owner I suppose mm. um, and I think I found it so I'm going to try and go for it You think there's a market there for a late night decent coffee shop coffee in a bun coffee in a sandwich Absolutely like I work at a coffee shop myself currently and I've been talking even to customers that come in and there's a lady who works like really awkward hours like she comes in for her lunchtime break at like 5.30 with us you know and then she goes back to work but after finish work, there's nowhere for her to go other than home. You know what I mean? So it's for people like that and for people who enjoy the late night hours, I suppose, rather than the early mornings <laughs> that I'd be catering to, you know, and there's plenty of them. What kind them. of hours would you envisage being good ones to open? I mean, I can see at the weekend why staying open very late uh-huh. would work, but maybe not so much Monday to Thursday, say. Uh-huh. So, but of course, nothing is concrete yet but what I was thinking was maybe for Monday through Thursday it would kind of be like till midnight or till one o'clock in the morning and then till about drive till about 2, 2.30 on the weekends and like I probably have to get a bouncer or something at the door Mm -hmm. on the weekends just because obviously people will be out, people will be drinking but and if anyone wants to come into the cafe in, in question they need to be sort of in good enough form yeah. to be entry, you know what I mean at that kind of time of the night and are you looking uh, at just opening in the evenings like would it be opening at say 6 o'clock or what time would you be opening looking at that well definitely not as like for it to be profitable I suppose it would, I couldn't open at like 9 o'clock in the morning like the rest of the cafes Yeah. but I was thinking maybe kind of in the afternoon like 2, 3 o'clock and then just go until the night then you know so something like that do you think we have the, the coffee or the cafe culture it's coming in. Like, I'm a coffee fanatic myself. <laughs> I know a lot of people who are. Um, and there is there's plenty of really, really, really good coffee shops in Cork. Like, I can name five <laughs> if I had to at the top of my brain, you know? Yeah. But, um, but I just think there's something that's missing from it. You know what I mean? We don't have everything just yet. And Cork is a gorgeous, gorgeous city. And it's, 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 it's like, it deserves to have people creating businesses in it, offering opportunities for more people. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. It came up on the, the Reddit thread that you started that there was, to, and I remember it well, there was mm-hmm. a place called Tribes, which did coffee and sandwiches and rolls and stuff at, at all hours of the morning. Is is that kind of what you'd be looking at? Kind of, yeah. Like I, I mean, I wouldn't say all hours of the morning, to be honest, because, like, again, I don't think it would be 
manageable for me to be open 24 hours. Oh, of course not, no, no. <laughs> but um, like Drive, yeah, I guess like people really, really miss that place. And like from all the comments that I was reading, what they did, what they had was good. And I'm not actually sure what what was the reason that they closed down. Mm. But hopefully if I do a bit more research, I can kind of like take that factor out, whatever it was that... There was a time when we had a lot of 24-hour stuff in the city. We had a few Mm -hmm. 24-hour supermarkets and we had one or two, I wouldn't say 24-hour cafes, but they were like supermarkets. You get a coffee Mm -hmm. or coffee in. But that that changed, I think, with the economic crash, maybe 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. Have you a place in mind? Have you done that level of research, Luca? I'm looking. I was actually, I was in the city today um, and I'm looking and I'm kind of, I want to avoid the main, main street, kind of like Patrick Street or Oliver Plunkett Street right. because it's just too many people, you know what I mean? And maybe I wouldn't necessarily be able to achieve like a a target audience, I guess, or target yeah. market if it's kind of open to everyone. I get you know it. You want a place so, that people can find, but not yeah. a place that will get mobbed. Exactly. That, you literally took the word straight out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So so you're staying away from the nightclub zone, shall we say? Yes. And obviously you need to look at it as well, like who are your surrounding like businesses. You know, if there's another cafe to the left on the right of me, then that's yeah. not exactly perfect either. No. So it'll take a while, but I am looking, like I'm actively Good. looking for a premises, you know. I, I think the purpose of talking to me is you're you want our listeners to tell you if the market is there, I know and Reddit, you got a very good Absolutely. response. But you'd like our listeners to, to tell you, is there a market? So is there a market for a late night cafe, you know, coffee at a cake, just somewhere nice, mm-hmm. somewhere different to go in the evening, evening, or maybe up to up to midnight even? Yes. And I was also actually hoping for it to be a place where uh, I can host kind of little events, like open mic nights and quiz nights and chess cool. game nights. And like, because there's so many little different communities in Cork that don't really have a space to do their thing, you know, and I'd like that it to be kind of like a hub of cool. precious and creative people and just... And if these so. activities are there, there's always alcohol involved. Exactly, yeah, and it doesn't need to be, you know what I mean? I feel like you can have a fantastic time. You can spend five or six hours somewhere and have a great time without having to drink, you know? Luca, keep in touch with me on this and we'll put it out there. But particularly coming into, I mean, you're looking at the new year, I take it. Yes, oh, absolutely, yes, it is. I was just going to say we're coming up to a very busy few weeks running up to Christmas, yeah. but it's in the new year you'd be thinking of doing this. Keep in yeah. touch, because my days for being around the city late at night are mostly, <laughs> I say mostly, behind me. But, but but a nice cup of coffee before I get the bus home at two in the morning would be uh-huh. welcome. Exactly. See, and then maybe I'll see you there. <laughs> Cheers, Luca. Thank you. Thank you very much. Luca, thanks. Yeah, it's... um. It's a thought, and that's the second person we've had this morning on the show who mentioned the the lack of anything to do in Cork. If you want to stay sober, or if you're sober curious, or if you just want to go to something or somewhere, and there's no drink there, not necessarily. Um, Holly said that there's a big, for example, music scene in Berlin, where she is now, and there's no drink connected to it. Um, it's There's the sober activities, and Nothing like that in Cork. And there's Luca. And that's the thing. I remember Tribes. Tribes had a fabulous cup of coffee and a gorgeous chicken roll. And many's the time after a gig, I stopped off and had coffee in a roll before heading home. But, you know, there's nothing there now. Yes, I think the, I think it's, aren't one or two of the supermarkets, the bigger supermarkets, open very late at the weekend. But I think what Luca's thinking about is opening a place where you can actually go in Get your coffee in a proper cup, not a paper one, and sit down and maybe have a bun or a sandwich.
with it. Are there, and maybe have an event, maybe have a comedy night or something, or a music night in this cafe. Is the market there? You tell me. 0818969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Corks 96 FM wants to fill your Christmas with fun and play. The 10K Toy Giveaway is back. We're giving away loads of 500 euro toy shopping sprees for free. Free. Listen to Corks 96 FM all day long from Monday, November 27th. For your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. To win. No Christmas. I love Christmas. Merry Christmas. Corks 96 FM's 10K Toy Giveaway. With your local credit union helping you have a wonderful Christmas. Listen and win from next Monday. I can't stop winning. I will never Only on Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. There's a couple of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm distracted here going through so much stuff. Would you think there would be a, a market? Come back to me on that one. A market for um, for a late night coffee shop in Cork. A lot of response this morning to Lisa. And again, we will uh, podcast that interview with Lisa. Lisa has a little two year old. They're currently couch surfing, but like she says, she, she can't couch surf surf forever, she can't impose herself on family members and friends forever it's four weeks to Christmas, she's no prospect of where she's going to go, there's no emergency accommodation, she's not getting any help she can't take to the streets she doesn't want to take to the streets, obviously with a small child, but she feels she has no options open to her and she was saying you know, I have no problem with people being helped from other countries, but what about me, where's my help? There's loads of help there for people coming from other, other places in the world and they're fleeing a war and all of that and I have no problem with it but, but, but where's the help for me and my little girl and we were just saying like that's that's a question that's been asked more than once over the last few months PJ we're a small nation we couldn't afford all these people coming in with no vetting you have Ukrainians going home now and more coming in why is that happening you think they'll be going home the government's duty of care should surely be to us first it's shameful our own are being forgotten not once has Michal Martin responded to penny dinners to Katrina. Not once. And you wonder why people are angry. This can't continue. I can relate so much to that girl. I'm a single mother. And on the other side of what she's going through now. My son was 11 before I was properly housed. I was very quiet. It's something I've learnt in my experience. You get nothing and no help in this country unless you shout and scream for it. That isn't right, but that's what people have to do. A young people has to highlight her awful situation on the radio. She shouldn't have to do that. You can't just sit idly by because you'll be left homeless. Fair play to her for standing up for herself and her child. Keep fighting. A rock of sense, she said. So right about everything she said. And indeed, quite a lot of responses along those lines to Lisa, who was on with me earlier this morning. Now, Kevin, you went to Aldi thinking that something would be in and it wasn't. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, what well, what's I, happened here? I did I didn't go for this item myself, but um, 
I, I went to Adam this morning at 9.30. It's open at 9. So at 9.30 I was there and I just bumped into this um, middle-aged woman with her father desperately going round and round in circles looking for an item. It was a, an electric blanket. Okay. So they, I, after I came home I looked it up and they, uh, they had advertised three different electric blankets and an electric throw. And um, this is the item... They were there for, presumably they were there from nine o'clock. This yeah. was around half nine and they were still going around in circles. And she was visibly upset and he, I'm not sure he even knew where he was. He was, he looked about 75, 80 and yeah. he was just hanging on to the, to the trolley next to her and she was looking around. And so I, I went and found one of the uh, people working there. I said, the electric blankets, are they in? I had overheard them their conversation. We'll try up here. We'll try down there. There's electric. There must be an electric blanket somewhere. Yeah. So I asked the guy and he smiled. He said, yeah, they didn't come in. And I thought about it. I went back and I told her and yeah, they were a little upset. But And, and I thought afterwards, you know, the, the hardest part of these stores is just getting people in the door. Mm. Well, it's easy to get people in the door if you're advertising stuff that just aren't there. Yeah. And I, I think that's a little unfair. I mean, they could have put up a sign outside the door this morning at nine o'clock, items that didn't arrive. Yeah. Aldi do their specials like this on Thursdays and Sundays. Yeah. yeah. And their magazine goes out then, was it every week or every fortnight with the details yeah. in it of what's coming in and, and they, when. And they have a website. And yeah. and I just checked there and there's some, every all of them are still on the website. Yeah. I, I think, you know, if if you want customers, I mean, and you say, coming up to Christmas, you know, PlayStation 5s are 100 euros each, you're going to have a queue of 50 people outside the door at 9 o'clock. Yeah, but if, even if, if you only have three PlayStations. Yeah, but if you have none. Yeah, yeah. If you have none, people are still in there. They're still going to buy stuff. Yeah. Are you suggesting that maybe be, if they hadn't look, if they don't come in, they don't come in. That 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 happens. That that's the nature yeah, of retail. I, Sometimes the stock just doesn't arrive. Yeah. It's nobody's fault. It just doesn't arrive. Are you suggesting that Aldi should have maybe put on whatever branch this is? I don't want to know, but they should have gone and put up a sign. They have flashy signs, electronic signs now, on, and and yeah, all the yeah. doors. They should have said like that: the sleeping bags or the sleeping electric blankets, electric whatever, blankets. didn't yeah. come in. Yeah. That's what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting if they had one uh, uh, signage uh, facility outside the door and they could just ele- electronically even put up and say, these are the items that didn't arrive or, you know, unfortunately, these items didn't arrive. Then people could drive up, see they didn't arrive and drive on. I suppose if you're the manager of a store, you want people coming in, not leaving. Of course. Of course. You know, and... <laughs> maybe maybe you could put that up inside the door, get them already in, but I don't think you want to be turning people away either, do you? Well, you're, you're just being honest and, and you're just saying, you know, uh, we, you know, you're not going to put up, we advertise these and they didn't come in. But if you had a, a, a situation where you had a, a signage there, items that didn't arrive, or, you know, you don't have to. We apologise for any inconvenience, but the electric yeah. blankets didn't arrive. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or, or we'll be here tomorrow kind of thing. Well, well, I did ask the guy, he said, would they be in on Sunday? And he said, no. So they're, they're not coming. It's as simple as that. But you have people walking around in circles inside there. Yeah. Some of them upset. And 
and you know there were people, there were staff on the floor, and they didn't even seem to notice that these people were going around in circles for perhaps twenty minutes or something. I mean, yeah. at least you should notice that. Yeah, my my own local Aldi is the one in Douglas, a fine sized one, and and the staff in there are to the last one very helpful, but you forgot to go and find them. Yeah, I, I have no problem with the staff at all. Yeah. I mean, I asked the guy and he knew straight away. It's not like he had to go look and find it or, you know, get on his little radio and figure yeah. it out or anything. He knew straight away. He said, yeah, they didn't come in. Yeah. So they knew this. They knew this at nine o'clock this morning. And you're saying they should have put up a sign on the door? Well, that's one suggestion. I'm sure there are other ways of yeah. doing it. Yeah. But, well, there's the electronic sign sitting in front of all the Aldis now. They have most of them. Anyone I've been in anyway lately yeah. has these electronic signs. Yeah. You could probably put something on them. All right. Yeah. Has you said it's happened to you before, has it? It has, yeah. Oh. I mean, it it's, was nothing major. I mean, I, I live pretty close to an Aldi, so, I mean, it's not a big deal for me to go there, find out they didn't get it in and wander, wander home. Yeah. yeah. I remember during the pandemic... One thing happened. It was it was funny and it wasn't at the same time. Remember, we had some really good weather in 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 twenty twenty in the spring of twenty twenty uh-huh. during lockdown. And Aldi, when when they opened again, Aldi had things like fire pits and barbecues, and they also had a thing where if you flash your frontline workers badge, you got in for, first. There was holy war because all the all the barbecues went out the door. The arms of frontline workers. I remember people right. ringing me here like you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm not criticising Aldi, and these things do happen. They do happen. They do happen. You know, That's retail for you. You should like. be a little bit more Upfront. aware that people are in there at 9 o'clock in, on a Thursday or a Sunday, and they may be looking for something very specific. There's a thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a worthwhile thought, Kevin. Thank you, thank you for that good call. So look, it happens, and it could be Aldi today, it could be Super Value tomorrow, it could be Little the day after. Something that you had expected to have in this morning didn't come. It might or might not come tomorrow. It might or might not come Saturday or Sunday, but it didn't come this morning. Kevin's argument is you should tell people it didn't come and use maybe your electronic signage or at worst put up a poster and say they didn't. They didn't come in. Mary, this is the one. I know the one, the one up on Tory Top Road. Morning. This is the Aldi up on Tory Top Road. Hello, Mary. Hello. No, you got the wrong person. Oh, Peter. sorry. I'm, I'll come back to you, Paul. I know where you were going to be. Mary, I think, might be on for... Let me let me see where we're going. Um, let me release Mary back there to you and take four. Four. Hi. Uh, five. Hi, Mary. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? Up on Tory Top Road, they're doing it right. Well, I do think it's down to band management in the store. In Tory Top Road, like with the air fryers were on, on offer at the time, the manager came out and said there was only 20 air fryers issued us with a ticket. Nice. And if there isn't anything in the store, the manager will come out and tell us. Really? And I have to say, they're the nicest down there, Jason, and everything else like that. I mean, I've gone in sometimes and um, I've probably forgotten my purse or whatever I know I've only had a certain amount and they've said look we'll hold on to you Mary and you can come back and get it I mean they're just so helpful yeah. I just do think it's down to the management in each store I do like and the do tickets idea if you, I do like the tickets idea that if you only have maybe 20 of something that's in big demand you give out tickets and 
Yes, they do that. And I do agree with that person. It is annoying. But I mean, when they're opening the door to let you in, that's down to the manager to say to the people who are queuing that it's not there. Mm. Do you think you they know? should? Mind you, look, if you're managing a store, I, you want to get people in spending some money. If you tell I do, them that but if you're want, watching a store, yeah. you know, normally when they open the store down in Tory Top Road, the manager is there to make sure the door's open because they sometimes get, might get caught and just to make sure that it's there and he, he sees what's going on. I see. It only takes a minute to tell someone. That's true. That's true. You know? That's true. I rather tell someone to take a minute and tell them it's not there and lose a customer. You know, mm. there's the thing. You might lose the customer because if you come out front and say, "Listen, I'm sorry, it, it didn't come in," then that's a kind and thoughtful thing oh, to do. That's what I'm saying. Say, Isn't it better to yeah. tell them? like they do in Tory Tat Road than that person that was on about because yep. they probably will get a nine and said, look, I won't come back anymore. Yeah, and you might you know? decide you might decide that instead of going over the road for your milk and eggs and bread later on, you might go up there for your milk and eggs and bread because the manager was so nice. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Customer care goes a long way. It might be just a please and a thank you or a smile. With, and I think I have to praise them down there. Jason yeah. and his crew and yeah. down there, they're absolutely, I've seen them help elderly people, they just do everything they're fantastic, that is down to bad management, I'm sorry, no but wherever, wherever it happened, it, yeah you, there's a better way to do it, Mary, thank you and I know the Tory Shop Road branch of Aldi it's a, it's a they're all great actually, they're, 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 some of the Aldi, have, I must tell you, I, I'm, Aldi have upped their game lately, the missus brought home a piece of meat the other night and we were having it for the dinner and I said, where the hell did you get that? She goes, Aldi Wow. 0818969696. Now, Paul, thanks for holding. It's just something else you want to bring to my attention. This is, it's in McCurtain Street you wanted to comment on. Uh, and the fact that it's going to go two way or it has gone two way for the first time since 1968. You're a cab driver. This is going to be problematic. Morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Very good. This is just one of Cork City Council's usual plan it, do it, open it, and not give a damn about it after that. Mm. Now, McCourton Street's gone two way, okay? Now, if you take traffic coming down from Bridge Street, the truck is doing a delivery to the Shelbourne, the first thing he's doing is pulling over to the far side of the road and the opposite side of the road to do his delivery. You'll have cars parked in bus stops, cars parked in set-down stops that don't care. So a bus will come along on the left-hand side, picking up passengers, or I'll come along picking up a passenger from Isaac's and if you be if a bus beeps me and tells me to get out of his way while I parked while I'm pulling up to pick up a, a passenger outside Isaac's with four pieces of luggage and three passengers, what do you think I'm going to tell him? Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking to myself, Paul, that yes, it's gone two way now, but they've also narrowed the actual roadway considerably. Yeah, how they is have. it going to physically work? Like, how are you going to get past the buses coming against you? How are you going to get past that bus? Is what concerned me. PJ, do you remember you were going on about that time the that lady from Galway was abused? I do, yeah, the, the driver, yeah. Right. The same day I was com- that you were on about that, I was coming down McCourt Street. It was all one way, two lanes were open, okay? Yeah. You had the lower bus stop down the bottom by uh, the bar on the, on the end. Yeah. And there was a bus parked in it. Now, a private bus parked in the bus stop. You had... The bus from the same company from Galway came down and couldn't fit into the bus stop. So what does he do? He throws the front, the nose of it into the bus stop and then has three quarters of the bus sticking out onto the street for locking it. 
What other option does he have? He's got to get his passengers on and off. And it's 50, 50 metres down the way was a full empty space where he could have pulled in. Yeah. But he doesn't, right? Yeah, well, they've, they've got out of there now. They've got, the play, they've got a place yeah. to go now. Uh, they've got I a know new, they a new have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, you have uh, Bus Erden going both ways with bus stops on the same street. Yeah. On, on, on the general idea, though, of it going two-way, Paul, my, my instinct is um, we're coming into the busiest four weeks of the year for traffic and all it's going to take is a dark, damp morning, we're going to have a few of them and a tip somewhere in that street and we are goosed What about the traffic coming down Summerhill North, as far as I can see it says buses only turning right what's that going to stop the usual numpties coming down that street well I want to go up and and block traffic it's the same way as the, the two bridges coming down from Merton's Key, you can't turn right, but you still have them a year later wanting to turn right onto that bridge, blocking the whole keys up. Yeah. Cork City Council, do it, plan it, open it, and then turn their back and say, enforcement is not up to us. Let, let, let alone we... the fact, yeah, let, let alone the fact, Paul, that the traffic corps' rosters are now changed. So the but traffic cops aren't on the streets till 10 a.m. As you keep saying yourself every year that the new ones come out from Templemore, Cork are down something like 300. So what's, that's, no, that's not an excuse in itself. Like Cork City Council, between the city council and guards have enough cameras over this city that all they have to do is if they made an investment of one or two million and turned them into the break and the red traffic lights like other city have and the lights of Partridge Street, that's still open game to everybody from 3 o'clock is it? to half six. And that's five five years after. I know, I know. Come here, you know? Summerhill North is a total disaster now in the afternoons. I was caught there last week, a trip that would normally take me about 15 minutes at lunchtime. Whatever the hell was going on, it took me nearly 40 minutes and it was all backed up on Summerhill North. Have you noticed that? Yes, and why? Because you have numpties coming up off uh, Brew Bridge wanting to turn right because the buses can't. Yeah. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Also, you have uh, Mardike Walk yeah. three times a day with that school. They double park, double park on the road. And Mary of the Isles, the, the, the right hand turn coming up by St. Finbars, a right hand lane for turning right. They block that totally three times a day to get in and get out of the school. Yeah. No enforcement. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, no enforcement, fair enough. Now, parents have to get in to get their kids out of school. You wonder... You don't, what, block, what? you don't block a full lane of traffic for a whole lane right until the traffic lights are not care. Yeah. Yeah. And the same way as it's still illegal, no matter where it is in the country, to double park in this country. Yeah. But yet, three times a day, on Mardike Walk, it's done. Yeah. And it's still illegal to drive in a bus lane between the times on any time that set out, but yet five years after they set Patrick Street out, if you stood there for an hour between half three, uh, let's say two hours, half three and half five, you'd count over 200 cars. Look, Paul, I found myself, and it's only, now it's only in the summertime that it happened one afternoon. I went out of here and I had a a message to do as it was in the centre of town and I turned right, or turned left at Merchant's Quay and I was literally 100 yards down Pat Street I thought oh I shouldn't be here and like I wasn't the only one you have you have it's everybody driving down it doesn't matter and I'm not just saying Patrick Street 
the keys turn and right. They think it's going to be great, but what they don't care about is, oh, great, the fella sitting up in the in the city hall offices. They don't care about the numpties pulling up and saying, I'm doing it for 20 years, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? I do. I do. I, I do. Yeah, I do. Paul, a lot of change happening, and I'm just wondering, thank you, I'm just wondering at the wisdom of doing this McCurtain Street change one month before Christmas. Uh, I, I st- I'm, uh, Paul has brought a lot of stuff up in that conversation, but I still think we'll be here some December morning when the mornings are even darker, in another two weeks they'll be darker again. In another two weeks from now, it'll be still dark or darkish at half eight. So what are you going to have? You have three combinations of dark and wet, and who knows, we might even have a bit of frost. And then we'll have a little tip. And we'll have to call guards. And hopefully no one will be hurt, but we'll have a blockage. Or just don't. I, I can't even begin to think. The chaos it's likely to cause. 0818969696. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line. With hidden hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. Question 10. Who is the CEO of the boring company? Oh, I don't know. Have uh, a guess. Elon Musk, he's going to be in everything. Good round. How are you feeling after that, Nile? That boring company there, I don't think I got that one. I've never even heard of the boring company. One of the things they do is they make a flamethrower. And I think if you saw the Joe Rogan podcast, you would have seen Elon Musk with a flamethrower. You just won 2,000 euros! Boom! What a guess indeed. Easy and everything, like 2,000 euro going to Middleton. Well done, you. Thanks very much. The two grand minute. I'm getting money. Lesson to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. The morning. On Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, that McCurtain Street bus lane, we're told here, is effective only from 7.30 to 9.30 in the morning and half three to half six in the afternoon. Buses and passenger occupied vehicles can use it at that time there's a misperception that it's a permanent bus lane but outside of those times anyone can use it that's one piece of information in the, not a, on our Facebook page the Quartz 96 of M Facebook page not a lot of love for the idea to turn McCurtain Street two way moreover when you have narrowed it with all the redevelopment over the last couple of years and I, I hope I'm wrong but I predict that over the month of December we will sit here looking at carnage because of the way there's been a crash or a tip and the whole city is held up. Shane Clark is Director of Operations at VQ Victorian Quarter. And Shane, while one tries to be positive about developments like this, I don't see any positivity on Facebook and I don't see anybody who uses the roads professionally, like, say, Paul there, I was talking a while ago, who thinks this is a good idea. Good morning. Morning, PJ. I, I, look, I think a couple of things. I, I, I listened to your last caller, and I would agree with most everything that he said on that side. So we need to make the traffic system, McCurtain Street, work for deliveries, for taxi drivers, for the buses, and that involves enforcement. So I'm entirely behind him on that side. I'd say on the positivity side, uh, you know, I 
I work for, work with, uh, work to the businesses down here in terms of the public realm that it's given them. You know, it's been a challenging year, but look, they are so enthused about the future in terms of what it's going to bring, in terms of atmosphere, in terms of safety, in terms of pedestrians. So uh, I'm also with you. I think we're going to have a challenge and we're going to have a challenge in Christmas in January and there'll be teething problems. But uh, we've got to collectively be solutions focused. And if there are problems, we need to jump on top of them ASAP. Just as a road user, my observation, Shane, was when they went to make it two way, I thought, OK, fine. We could deal with that. My, my, I can remember what happened to my small boy, but I, I can remember it being two-way and the change and it being two-way. But I'm thinking, then you went and narrowed it. <laughs> like two-way well, is one I'm, thing, I'm, but it's narrowing it, yeah. you know? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm standing in, I'm talking to you from the Metropole and I'm looking out the window at the, at the two-way. And, um, you know, I'd say if there's a, there's a, Look, I think there's plenty of room. Some of the narrow streets, and it has to be compliant with regs, but the narrow streets should slow the traffic down a little bit. But the kickback, and I'd say this is the business is 100% behind this, and I think it's it's great for the neighbourhood, and I live in the neighbourhood. It makes for a great public realm. So um, mm. I think the issue is what your, your last caller, the taxi driver, talked about. It's enforcement of the traffic regulations. And, you know, we can we can deal with a bit of numpty behaviour for a short period of time because people get used to it, mm. and we'll have a challenge there. But we've got to make sure this works because people are abiding by the regs. Okay. For for businesses and for residential, as you, as you said, you, you live there and, and you work there. Give me the advantages for either either of those having a two-way. To mind the public realm. The public realm is nice. I agree with you. It looks fabulous. but And it will be lovely come springtime. But the public realm is lovely. But what is the advantage of two-way traffic? Okay, so I speak as a resident. Residents, residents hat on. I, I live Wellington Road. I come down the street. I've got now got a glorious high street beside a brilliant city centre. Uh, so it's a much nicer place to bring my family, my kids, to bring visitors to Cork. And when sure. I do bring visitors to Cork, they come down and go, "My goodness, what's happening to this street? It looks bloody marvellous." I think for the businesses, they are looking for me to bring those those people from Dublin and from Mallow and from where else down to the street. Um, the traffic that was here previously is not traffic that spends money on this street it's traffic that flies through to somewhere else um and hopefully now what we're doing is it'll be some traffic that flies through to somewhere else but it'll be more destination oriented it'll be more about getting to mccurtain street and doing business whether it's deliveries on mccurtain street or parking in the two very large car parks that i must say that we have uh, in the area on that side so i think i think from residents they'll go thumbs up and i know from businesses they are very much thumbs up but we are granted concerned about some of the some of the short-term teething problems and the need to get on top of the numpty business because look it it, it is there and we have to we have to get our heads around that mm. Mm. it's been a, an interesting year watching it develop i know one i, I spoke to one a business person down there in in tom in, in cafe espresso wouldn't mind me uh, quoting his name he was upset because he, he lost space outside his outside his cafe to put his chairs and tables out. I think there's been a, has been a mixed response to the changes to the public realm. Is it all positive, Shane? No, look, I, I think uh, I've just come out of a, a very productive meeting on just that very matter with the City Council. And um, look, there are areas, uh, and I think the, the gentleman from the cafe there has, has, a, has a point, and we made that point last year. I think overall, the there is real positivity. The other thing I would say is looking back, PJ, I remember there was a build-out, which not everyone was happy 
with when there was that sort of plastic build-out. But it changed the whole philosophy about what uh, what McCurtain Street could be and raised everyone's expectations. And actually, he is a case in point. He wants more tables and chair space. Yeah. You know, there's a loading bay, for example, outside of his uh, outside of his cafe. Can we have it such that there's a, you know, it's only a loading bay to 11 o'clock or 12 well, o'clock? Well, I, interview, and I yeah. interviewed him, Shane, and he said there's a ready-made solution. Move that loading bay one space up in front of a, in front of another business that doesn't have tables and chairs outside. Problem solved. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't disagree with him. The other thing I would say, look, I think they've delivered a great scheme. But I think, you know, what should happen, my background is in architecture, what should happen with any scheme, is six months down the line, you do a post-occupancy evaluation and you figure out, well, look, that's not quite worked. So maybe we ought to shift. If that planter doesn't quite work there, we ought to shift. Yeah. But I think as we stand now and I'm looking out on the street, there's a hearse coming down the street and there's a family walking behind. It looks bloody marvellous. And I think okay. Cork and certainly the businesses and community around here can be proud of it. Is there a bicycle lane? Or will there be? No, there's no bicycle lane. Bicycle lane's on the keys. Um... And so, so no bicycle lanes, bicycle parking, but no bicycle lane in Macarthur. And that the, the the person was asking, if not, why not? That's because bi- bicycles are being put down to lanes onto the keys. Can you go from Lower Road onto McCurtain Street? So turn left out of the railway station and keep going. Uh, n- no. So I think that I, I, my understanding is no change there. If you're if you're getting a cab out the station, you come out the station, take a right, and go around the houses and back to here. Uh, the big change, as the gentleman mentioned earlier, is the the bus is taking a right off of Summer Hill, and the car is taking a left off of um, off of Bruce Street. Yeah, yeah. Teething, teething time. Was it was it the wisest thing to do? Lastly, Shane, was it the wisest thing to do to open up this new scheme running into the four busiest weeks of the year for traffic? I look. I think as I, I was, I was on with you a couple of months ago, PJ. And as I look, it's been omelets and eggs down here. It's like getting the builders into your house. It's a pain in the backside, and then you've got you've got a bit of snagging to do. I don't think there's any great time to do it. Um, I don't think there's any great time to do it. Um, the there might, have been, a better time. There might have been a better time than four weeks to Christmas. Uh, well, look, we've, we've, we're, we're, we're nearly six weeks in now. Uh, I, sh- I should hope, um, with a partnership with the council, their enforcement with the guards, uh, we'll see it, we'll see it through. Um, there will be crowds down here. We know there'll be crowds in the bars and the cafes. So, look, they're very excited about Christmas. And I think they should be. And, and, and so they should. Um, let's keep that positivity. As I said, I cannot wait for springtime. When the weather is nicer and you get the benefit of the public realm and the trees will be sprouting and we'll have lovely colour and all of that. I can't wait for that. I just I just hope that December isn't a disaster. Shane, thank you. Shane Clark, Director of Operations of the VQ Victorian Quarter. The two-way traffic on McCordon Street back for the first time since 1968. Now, here's one that uh, I confess, Tony, I have done it myself, but I'm conscious lately I don't do it anymore. The one, yeah. the, the one down on from from York Hill. This is causing more trouble with every passing day. Yesterday we were coming down from uh, St Luke's. I like that now. There was a fierce backlog, so we were talk about it. We went to there was fourteen cars came down York Hill and swung left to go down to, to go downtown. Where find they're only supposed to swing right. No, you got the other way around, Tony. They're only supposed to go left. They're not supposed to go right. They go right to go downtown. Sorry, you're you're okay. Right. You're okay, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're good. That right turn at the bottom of York Hill by, by the off-license there. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And you should see the, the, the traffic jam that created. Now all the cars coming up. Yeah. Because some, some of the cars were halfway across the road. Yeah. But as I say, 14, and we parked over in the man and we walked through town, which is unusual for me, to go to town. And we walked through town, up and down party street, blah, 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 and I didn't see one guard around. Yeah. yeah. Not even a traffic warden. Do you remember the old saying, Peter, if a messenger fell off his bike at the Coliseum corn, corner, he'd block up the whole system. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I'm old enough to remember, and maybe you are, Tony, I, I remember when the Coliseum corner there, any evening you like, there'd be a, a guard yeah. would get off his motorbike and pull on those wonderful white gloves that they used to wear. That's correct. That lit up in the, in, in the lights. And yeah. would take over point duty, and they would clear a mess in minutes. They would, yeah. They would yeah. clear him. You don't see that anymore, and and I no, think no. I think that's that's a loss. You don't see that anymore at all. You probably don't remember the the, the, the old sergeant. He was a giant man, and he was he was like a guy conducting an orchestra to where his head used to go. <laughs> well, well, my dad got be good to him. Was trained in that kind of traffic direction, and. It, it was a skill in itself. It was a whole skill set in itself. Well, you, you, you stop and you look around. My dad could hop out of the car and throw on the yeah. gloves and he could sort out carnage in seconds. They knew exactly what to do, you know, and they had the authority to do it. I wonder, I wonder, is that there anymore? Would people, would people take any notice of them anymore? Tony, thank you for your call. That's a real problem, though, that one at the bottom there of uh, York Hill going down onto Summerhill, you're not supposed to turn right. I've done it in the past. I've not made a conscious decision lately not to do it again because it is, it's, it's, it's illegal, partly, you be caught for it, but it actually causes ructions up the road. Go up to St. Luke's and come down the right way. It'll, it'll actually save time for you in, in the long run. Jackie, hello. Hi. 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 Right, Academy Street is now in me. What about it? With the uh, no parking between three and a half and six. Yeah. My son was in town yesterday and he rung me. He goes, can you come to town to collect me? Because he was after buying a big CTR television and he couldn't walk home, couldn't get to the bus stop. Right. So I said, I can't go in because it's illegal to go through Patrick Street. Yeah. So I'd know the choice and go in Park Academy Street, pick him up. He was by the Lesher Tow. And I had to sit in the car then at half and six. It was only 15 minutes, but mm. I had to sit there and wait. And when I went through town, there was cars parked up in the olden days. They were going up and down Patrick Street, and there was me trying to be good. Not <laughs> I the law. <laughs> I know. There's people ignoring the, the, the famous Panaban. Yeah. Every day. I got stopped once going through. Yeah. Well, what what did they say to you? They said, hey, you can't park, you can't drive through town. And I'm like, it's 20 past four. I said, I was parked in the Academy Street. Do you want me to stay there at half past six? And obviously, they obviously wanted me to stay in a cold car until half past six. Yeah. I thought I'd get a ticket right to <laughs> <laughs> I know. And now I have to go to town and do my rounds of going around the keys for 20 minutes to try and find parking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that. Just to get to the GPO. I know. I know. I know, Jackie, that the city centre is it's become very unfriendly to anybody who needs to use their car to get in there. If you want, if you can go in on the bus and get the bus out of it, it's grand. If you're lucky enough to have a good bus route, but if you have a, 
a poor bus service and, and you need your car, city centre is not car friendly anymore. And some of the comments on our Facebook page, when we put this up about McCurtain Street, where we're reflecting that, like Stephen was saying, it's a ploy by city managers to deliberately increase traffic to frustrate motorists so they stop using their cars. This is because the government wants half the motorists off the road by 2030. Certainly is. There seems to be, seems to be a war on the humble motorist these days. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Some suggestions coming in for Lisa, who was on with me earlier. We'll podcast this afterwards. She's couch surfing with her little girl, four weeks out from Christmas, has no idea where she'll be living uh, over the Christmas break and is uh, stressed out of her mind, as as you'd expect. And uh, she's been told there's no emergency accommodation there when she goes to talk to the council. A few suggestions for her. Someone suggesting she should go to Adele House. That's coming in on the phone. Go to Adele House. Talk to them there. If they can't put you up, they'll at least be able to help you. Same could be said, I think, for maybe Penny Dinners. If she went into Penny Dinners and talked with Katrina and the team in there, they might have some idea of what she can do or where she can go. Uh, Councillor Mick Nugent gave us a call to say that if she wants to call into me, this is to Mick's office in Shandon, uh, tomorrow morning in 10 and 12, she'll try to help or we can pass on a phone number and she'll she'll ring or he'll ring her. That we can do and happy to help there. Uh, my heart is broken listening to Lisa. There's a house in Carlib Lawn done up, thousands put into it and no one put into it yet. There's a thing, and it's a number that the Simon community came up with a week or two ago when they looked at census figures. The scandal is, and this is an absolute scandal, and the numbers don't lie, there is a vacant space for everybody who needs one in Cork at the moment. Simon came up with that, a vacant space for anybody who needs a place to live. So it's not good enough. And as we head into 2024, I think that's going to become even more of a talking point, particularly with local elections looming in the late spring. Do you ever get the notion, lastly today, do you ever get the notion when you watch or saw a piece of art that it was watching you? In particular, I'm thinking of the Mona Lisa, which I did see years ago on a school tour to Paris. We were all brought to see it, Christy, we're all brought to see the Mona Lisa. It's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's very small for a start, and it's surrounded by all sorts of security and stuff. But if you're in the room with the Mona Lisa, it is looking at you. Wherever you are, if you're standing over there by the plant, it's looking at you. If you're over in the other corner looking at you, it's looking at you. Wherever you go in the room, Mona Lisa's looking at you. I've noticed it myself. It's common enough among artworks that you'll get the impression that they're looking at you. Um, there's an exhibition at the Crawford Gallery coming up in the next while um, where a lot of portraits will be in the one room to watch us. We go around watching them. It's called All Eyes on Us. And Dr. Michael Waldron is the curator. Michael, good morning. I did spot that, the Mona Lisa, when I saw it in Paris years ago as a young fella. It was watching me. 
<laughs> Good morning. Yes. I mean, uh, art has a funny way of um, unnerving us sometimes. And I think what um, what's interesting about the Mona Lisa and other portraits is that because they're flat, often two-dimensional works, um, wherever you are in the room, the eyes do seem to be looking at you. So you can't really escape their gaze. But sometimes you can look back <laughs> yeah. and go eye to eye with them. I, I'm not an artist by any means, but is it, a, is it an artist's trick when you're putting the eyes into a portrait? Is, is there a way to paint the eye that gives that impression? I mean, I think there is. And now I'm not an artist either, but um, there are tricks of the trade, um, so to speak. And certainly even just a little fleck, if it's painting, a little fleck of white mm. in the pupil of an eye can animate it. Uh, I know like a sculptor who's in this exhibition, All Eyes on Us, um, Seamus Murphy, who had been very well known to many people. Yeah. Um, he, Because he was a sculptor, he used to scoop out a little ball of clay from the eyeball so that it would cast a shadow and therefore it would look like the eye was looking at you. That's, so that's there are all sorts of ways that's to do it. That's two-dimensional. There's a couple of... Now, in fairness, are you trying to scare the living life out of it? Roy Keane. Should he follow <laughs> you from Cork to Dublin? His eyes. I mean, his stare... The, the death his stare, is, yeah. I mean, it's it's very penetrating as a uh, as a gaze, as a stare, um, maybe slightly confrontational. Um, I think part of his character, his personality, is there, and but I think he's also quite vulnerable in in this portrait. It's a photograph by Murdo MacLeod. Yeah, um, I've it seen it. It's brilliant. Just, it's an amazing it's brilliant. photograph. It was made just after he left um, the Irish team in Saipan, so a very decisive moment in his career. Yeah. It's an amazing photograph anyway, but even when it's blown up to full size and, and th those eyes will follow you around. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm biased here, but if, if I had to pick the woman of Irish, in Irish history that I hate more than anybody else, it would probably be Peg Sayers because of what she put us through trying to learn that bloody book. But you have a picture of her there, and I've seen this before, I've seen this picture. Her eyes will follow you again all over the place. Well, they will, and it's because the eyeballs, it's not a very traditional painting, um, but the eyeballs are like just basically the eyeballs are floating in the air um, and she's smoking two clay pipes. So the smoke is billowing up around her eyes. Um, it's called Storyteller and it's by um, the artist Kevin Mooney, who's a member of Sample Studios in Churchfield. And uh, yeah, it's a brilliant new portrait, only made in 2016 and we only bought it this year yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, it's it's a new take on an old woman yeah. um, and uh, I love it but I think people will have their own relationship with Peg Sayers exactly or what I said to you. if you um, have if you take one one um, modern day figure Cork figure um, who has spectacular eyes and it's one of, the, one of her things as an actor and that's Fiona Shaw Fiona has a remarkable pair of eyes Anyway, she she does. And in this portrait, it's a very big portrait by Victoria Russell um, from 2002 again. And um, she really is looking straight into your soul. Um, and she just looks like a complete coiled spring waiting to, I suppose, jump into a new role. But I think people will be very familiar um, with this painting if they've visited the Crawford before. But if you haven't, um, it's a brilliant way to come in and 
um, come face to face with um, personalities yeah. that you might know and other ones that you you don't know at all that you're that are forgotten. Yeah. So it's very it's local, it's national, it's international, uh, it's open every day, and we'll be having guided tours of it as well. It runs on to, until March. So if you're in town over the next few weeks, but they do the Christmas shopping and you want a nice quiet half an hour or hour, pop into the Crawford and take a look at that. It looks like a really super exhibition. All eyes on us, Dr. Michael Waldron. Thank you. I think that's us done. It is. We better get out of here because we're busy. Program edited by Emma Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. We'll put your podcast up ASAP. I'll catch up on all your uh, correspondence tomorrow when we're back just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96FM. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. The weekend. On Cork's 96 FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors for the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Fully electric, fully connected, and full of new ideas. NewmarketVolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.